All right. You got your Bibles? Good stuff. Good stuff is right. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I can have. I can have. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can have. Says I can have. I can do. I can do. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can do. Says I can do. And I can be. And I can be. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can be. Says I can be. You guys believe that? I do. I do. Father, we thank you for your Word. And Lord, we want to be rich in the Word of God. We want to study it. We want to show ourselves approved. We want to know the direction you're going, the direction we should live, the direction uh, that is taking us into blessing. So, Father, we thank you for this word. It is our compass. It is our guide. And we thank you not only that, but you gave us the Holy Spirit to teach and to show and to lead. So, Father, we lean on your gifts to minister the word. We thank you for open hearts open spirits, open minds. Lord God, we just come against any spirit that would try to bring resistance to receiving truth into our hearts and minds today. In Jesus' name, someone said something. Amen. 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 Woo-hoo. So this morning we want to talk, you know, we just sense that God is just speaking to us about revival, and uh, we just want revival. Uh, We don't think more legislation will bring revival. I know that's hard to believe. I know, I know, right? More laws and, uh, you know, more taxes just aren't going to do it. But we think God can do it. And we think that uh, the church is poised to experience uh, an awakening and a revival. Not just, shouldn't say church, but I believe people are more open to the gospel. And as we go through this year, I'm really thinking uh, God is going to do great things, and it's a great time to be a part of the church. Well, you want more laws. God has already started revival. Totally. And if you're not, mm, if you're not tuned in, then you're going to miss out. You really need to know that revival's already started. And it's up to you to decide to jump in or not. Brother Hagen, he had a little phrase, kind of fun. Get in, get out, or get ran over. So, you know, just kind of like that. So get in, get out, or get ran over because we're going with God. Yes, we are. And so the title of our message this morning is Waking Up Revival. Waking Up Revival. You know, um, after the Old Testament was written, Uh, Before the New Testament came, there's kind of this silence period, and that silence period is about 400 years, and why was there a silent period? I mean, there's nothing written, there's no no scriptures on it, it was silent. From Malachi to Matthew. (laughs) Malachi, he loves to change up how we say things. That was the Italian version, yeah. That's how Tom says it. It's your morning. <laughs> but why was it silent? What, silent? Well, I believe, and I, there was a lot of pollution going on in that time frame. Pollution of people in their, how they were sacrificing, how they were worshiping. There was a lot going on that should have never been going on. And that's why Pastor Tony was 
brought up Malachi because he was trying to teach them yes. how to get things right in their lives. Yes. Yes. You know, how many have been to L.A. and uh, they got a pollution problem, you know, and uh, smog and all that? And, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing because uh, years ago they hired experts to come into the city and, and do a bunch of tests and try to figure out, you know, how they can create better air quality. And uh, so they did expensive studies and research to try and figure out how to get rid of pollution. But geographically, you know, they, they're right up against the ocean and then, and then the mountains on one side, and it just kind of creates a stagnant air right over L.A., and so they just came up, after spending buku bucks, they came up with a solution. How much is buku bucks? Buku lots. Buku. <laughs> and yes, you are correct. And after they'd done all that, the experts said, we're sorry that you spent all this money, but, but honestly what you need is a really good wind to blow it out. Did you all hear that? You need a really good wind to blow the pollution out. So I want to talk a little bit about wind. So let's turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Let's talk about wind. wind. And we're talking about waking up revival. And so there was some wind that took place in Acts chapter 2 that blew some stuff out and blew some good things in. in. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. And as we found out Friday, Friday night, that's not a Honda. And they were in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty... Everybody say it. Wind. Wind. Say it again. Wind. Wind. And the Spirit came upon them. And just, I mean, that was really the beginning of the church that very moment and this wind came into the church and it uh, gave them boldness it cleansed them it revived them it gave them new purpose and uh, I mean Peter Peter was here's the guy who basically turned his back on Jesus denied Jesus and that said he, was he never a follower, would lied and so how many know the devil can shame you and guilt you so much it's uncomfortable to read your Bible, it's uncomfortable to come to church, you try to pray and you don't feel worthy? Well, imagine you did that face-to-face -to, -face to Jesus. So this wind came in and blew all that crud out. And here's Peter who was in that room when the wind came in and all of a sudden we see now if you if you know your new testament you realize peter became a crucial piece and a major player in the church the early church right and here's a man who had he kind of messed up didn't he? he he messed up big time he turned his back on god and jesus when jesus you know was at his at his worst and yet this Holy Spirit wind that blew in gave wow. him such a boldness that he didn't care anymore what he'd done. He, he had a new boldness from the Holy Spirit, and he did great and awesome things in the early church. 
And that's what a win will do, you know. Just blowing out sin, yeah. anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, addiction. you know, addiction, pornography. You know, sometimes we get some trash in our lives, and it just needs blown out. Depression. Yeah. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, when you get in the Holy Spirit presence, depression goes bye-bye. You know, because depression and being in the presence of God just don't go together. You know, when I got born again, I had so much hate in my heart. I didn't even know how much hate I had. And I so much hate, um, I mean hate. Hate like there's an individual I want to die. And I'll never forget two things happened. Well, several things happened, but two big things. That hate went away. And the person I hated, I began to pray for, which never did that before. And the weight I was carrying that I didn't even know I was carrying got lifted off. And I can't tell you how light I felt. I mean, I didn't even know I was carrying a weight until it was gone. You know, the wind of the Holy Spirit blows junk out. Can I get a witness? Yes, yes. You know, I, I really feel, Pastor Greg, there's some individuals that um, they understand that kind of hate or that kind of hurt. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, can I be a little vulnerable? Sure. Um, I guess I told a story on you, so. But yeah, you did. <coughs> Um, part of that hate was because an individual had had um, abused him. And I know sitting in a room like this and watching online, my husband's not the only one who that has happened to. And that that pain goes deep. And I want you to know that there is freedom when you allow the wind of the Holy Spirit to come in. There is freedom from all those feelings you've kind of just shoved down. There's freedom from those feelings of shame, like, it happened to me. Why did it happen to me? I mean, there's a lot that goes with all that. And I want you to know there's freedom. When we're talking, what we're talking about here is waking up revival. And when you allow the Holy Spirit wind to come in and blow some pollution out, including abuse, sexual abuse, all of it. I'm telling you, the wind of the Holy Spirit can heal. Totally. It is an amazing, amazing Holy Spirit. Yes. Talk about redemption. Yes. Let's go into our Bibles to the Old Testament, to Ezekiel 37. Let's catch them up a little here. This chapter, um, we're going to start in verse 9, but let me give you a little preface it here of Ezekiel Ezekiel was in the middle of a vision by God. And he, in this vision, he's with a, a lot of dead bones. <laughs> and um, he began to, uh, God asked Ezekiel if the bones could become life again. And God began to show him how these bones, they started coming together. They were, they were, not, they were bones all scattered, and they began to come together together to a rightful person and then flesh and tendons and ligaments began to form on these bones and and ezekiel seeing all this in a vision 
where we where we pick up. You know, and this is uh, for the prophetic portion of the scriptures. This was fulfilled in uh, 1948. I was thinking 47, 48, 48, and Israel became a nation. So 1,500 years before the reality of this, he saw this, spoke it, and Israel came back to be a nation. So songs have been written about this portion of Scripture, very familiar, very inspiring, very uplifting. But in context of revival, it's, it's in here too. And uh, let's get into this. Ezekiel 37, starting in verse 9. It says, Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life, and they stood up on their feet, and it was a great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live again. And return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Can we just say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Amen. So these bones were dead, dry, and divided in this vision that Ezekiel had. And God said, it's not going to be by your power, your might. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. You know, and sometimes we just need to, when we're up against what seems impossible, we need to know it's all God. Because yeah. it's not going to be me. It's not going to be you. God's going to do this. Let's, let's talk about those three Ds you just said. These bones were dead, dry, and divided. These bones were dead, dry, and divided. I've seen a lot of that back in 2020. I saw some deadness, I saw some dry bones, and I saw some divided bones. But I want you to know when the wind of the Holy Spirit moves in, you better get your sails up and catch the wind. Because the wind of revival is sweeping in, and you better put your sails up and get in on the wind. And watch the bones, the dry, divided, dead bones begin to come to life. Because when revival hits, that's what is exactly what happens, is people begin to get their heart revived unto God. This last week, we saw a lot of that. I was one of them. I, my heart got revived. I mean, I, I mean, we were in the middle, of, some of us were even still fasting some things. 
And when, you, when you're just seeking God and the wind comes in, I'm ready to put my sails up and just go, okay, God, I'm with you. Yeah, so good. You know, back to, again, get in, get out, or get ran over. And, you know, I don't know how much time we got left on our prophetic time clock with the Lord before he returns, but I'm reminded of Jesus when he talked about the parable of the ten virgins waiting for the groom to come back. And he divided the ten into, into two groups, five who were looking, awakened, ready. They weren't going to sleep. They weren't going to get caught up in other things. They were focused. And then the other five were just kind of casual about it and uh, weren't really paying attention that much or that close. And when the groom came back, only half of them got to go with the groom. The other five who weren't really ready, who weren't really looking, who didn't have their sails up, so to speak, they missed out. And so that's why this message to us is urgent. Let's, let's awaken revival in our own heart. Let's not miss out. I mean, what if, what if for believers this is our last year? What if we only got months until he returns? That is a, a real possibility, and it could be a reality. And so we want to be ready. Let's go to John. John. Yep. John. Gospel of John. We're going Matthew, to chapter 3. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And verse 8. It says, the wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. You know, my husband did a phenomenal job last night. Or I, it feels like last night, but Friday night. We don't want to talk about last night. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Friday night. Friday night. Friday night of, of just, I mean, it's probably the longest I've heard my husband preach. Um, so if you're listening online, yeah, you're in for a you're in for a little chunk of time but it was so good it was so good um yes he actually preached an hour and a half don't worry we're not doing that to you this morning don't get don't get all worried but we were all on the edge of our seats as you were explaining the holy spirit and one of the things is the wind so everybody say wind, wind. the next thing we want to talk about is miracles. Everybody say miracles. 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 How many just want to see more miracles? How many want to live in miracles? Really? Really? I know where you're going. I mean, it, yes. Here's, but here's why he's saying that. Caveat to that. Yeah. Okay, well, it, the Old Testament, we saw some miracles, am I right? Saw the Red Sea divide, all that. How many, how many would just. Would have loved to have been there, right on the edge of the Red Sea. Like, uh, we ran out of road here. Uh, Moses, what? And boom, the, the sea stood up and walls and a, wi a wind blew and wind dried blew. out the, the seabed. And they, you know, the movie's talking about, man, they were struggling and going through muck. That's not what the Bible says. Hollywood doesn't read the Bible. The Bible says it was dry, and they walked through on dry ground. Through, I mean, 
you imagine being there? What? Okay, so there's the fun part. Um, yeah, it blew off. It blew off. The wind blew it off. Cool. But there's also, if you are in need of a miracle, there's a tough part. We you all need want miracle. the miracles, but if you really need a miracle, then you're in a really, really tough spot. So the part we don't think about is these people were at the brink of the armies behind us, and this is in front of us, and we're trapped. And the Bible says the Israelites are like ticked off at Moses. Oh, you brought us out here to kill us because there's no graves in Egypt. So, way to go, Moses, you big jerk. I mean, that's what's going on. And Moses is like, uh, just trying to be led here and doing what God called us to do. So he goes and has this little meeting with God and like, God, what do we do? And he goes, what's in your hand? The stick? Put it in the, put it in the sea and watch what I will do. I mean, how would you really like to have been Moses? Everyone hates you. <laughs> Everyone hates you. You need a miracle. Yeah. Not a fun place to be until the miracle happens. You know, in the New Testament, we see miracles too. We see blinded eyes opening and all things. But think about what was up until that miracle happened. That person was blind. That wasn't fun. I know we all like, I want a miracle, I want a miracle. Oh, do you really? Because if you need a miracle, then there's some kind of tragedy before the miracle happens. There's some kind of stuff that you're in the middle of. There's some kind of pain you're in the middle of. If you need a miracle, you're in the midst of something that is not fun. You know, we, uh, we had miracles happen this week. I mentioned a couple of them, ankles and ears. We're all excited, and it's a wonderful thing when we see a miracle. But how about the individual who really had to deal with deafness in one year since third grade? Are, are you catching me? Whoo. But when the miracle happens, in order for revival to, to sweep in with the wind, in order for revival to be able to have the miracles that we need, we have to understand a couple things that we have to be ready for the miracle. And you know, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult thing. But, I mean, I don't know. If I was the children of Israel, I probably would have been a griper and complainer before the miracle happened. I mean, I'm just saying. You know, you don't want to be in that position where you need a miracle. But you're so thankful when a miracle happens. Let me give a, a preface to the two miracles that I, I've been talking about. I know the, both of these individuals, and I know their faith was already turned up and their sails were already out, ready to catch the wind and catch the miracle. I need to bring this up because many of you, you don't have your faith up for a miracle, but yet your, a miracle is going to happen. But you, don't, you, you haven't even stirred up your faith for the miracle. Um, the individual who got his ankle healed, do you know what I heard when he walked in with the boot and the crutches? What came out of him, what was already in him was, I'm going to be catching a healing tonight. 
the other individual who, who her ear was instantly healed, she already knew that I can, I, it was like the woman with the issue of blood. If I can just get to the front, if my faith will just get to the front, I know God will heal me. She already had her sails up to catch whatever God had for her. I believe as a church, sometimes we don't have our sails up. We're not, we're not ready when the wind even comes our way. The mir- God's going, I want to get miracles to you, but we don't even have our sails up. We're not engaged. We're not asking. We're not expecting. You know, many times that we used to laugh years ago when we would go to other countries it was like so easy for miracles to happen. And we would have discussions about this. And one thing we noticed that when we would go and miracles were happening in other countries and we'd be like, why is it so hard when we get back to the United States? I'm telling you, their expectation was already up. They would walk for miles just to get to the service. They were expecting the wind of God to hit them. It was easy because the faith was already there for it to happen. And they would get, I mean, all kinds of incredible things, you know, that we'd be like, why does that ha- happen in the United States? Well, we don't even have our sails up. We're not ready for what God wants to impart on us. There were some individuals this week, though. They were ready, and they got what they came for. You know, and I'll ju- let's just get a little down and dirty practical. You know, when we come to church on Sunday, you got this sweet little lady, Karina, Hey, I was so excited to come to church. Woo! Y'all, y'all ready to come to worship? Come on. <laughs> it's music time. Oh. You know, the Bible says, come into his courts with praise. You know, I'm down here and I'm raising my hands. But, you know, sometimes I don't feel like raising my hands. Just saying. And sometimes you got to start out just because it's the right thing to do, because it's the protocol of heaven. You do that. And, you know, as you do, he does. If you will, he will. When you go towards him he will meet you years ago we were in washington dc and i think uh, our daughter was 11 ish and we you know if you ever been to washington dc you walk <laughs> buku miles till your feet are screaming so we had been walking around washington dc and we did the capital tour and so we're in the rotunda, and, you know, it's sacred for our history and seat of the United States government and all that. So it's a sacred place. And they got guards and all that, as we found out earlier this month. And so uh, Anik just tired, you know, and here's all these murals around the rotunda, and it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And she's just like, oh, in order, we had to wait. I don't know, a few minutes before we could go on into the next thing. And, and she's just like, oh, I'm tired. And she no sooner got her booty on the ground, <laughs> and a guard was, came right up to her. You stand up. 
and she, she stood up. <laughs> she goes, there is no sitting in the rotunda. Everyone stands. No seating. Well, why is that? Because it's a protocol in our United States Capitol that you stand. There's respect. There's honor for this place. Well, I just went, that gum. <laughs> if there's honor and respect in our human system of government, when we go into the presence, not of a president or Congress or the House of Representatives, but when we go into the presence of God, I don't know. It just seems to me that there's a protocol if you want to get miracles, signs and wonders, and your sail to catch some wind. Why do we stand during worship? Well, partly because it's honor in his presence. Why do we lift our hands? Because we want to? Because it's what Inspiration Bible Church does? No, it's because... He said, raise your hands. And if for no other reason, whether you feel like it or not, it's a protocol in his presence to rate. Why do we clap? Because we got a beat? Because they can't figure out how to keep a beat on stage? I'm telling you, if they followed my clapping, it'd be all over the place. Just saying. But the he Bible, literally said in the middle of praise and worship today, he goes, help me with the beat. I'm struggling. <laughs> so if you see me really clapping good, I'm just helping him. <laughs> and I'm not looking at them. I'm looking at her. <laughs> he studies my clap. Okay, I think I got it. That is no joke. <laughs> but we're not worshiping. Bible Way or Inspiration Bible Church, we're wor worshiping Bible Way. We want to do it the Bible. What he he says he's looking for worshipers, not watchers, not spectators. So sometimes we don't get what we want because we're not doing what we should. So I would love. I mean, if you want to grieve me, sit down during worship. Don't participate. I have to be in the front row on purpose. Because if I was in the back row, it, it, would, it literally would, would irritate me if I see people not participating. It really would. I don't even know how y'all do it. You, you're, a, you're graced. So continue in your grace. Because if I was leading worship, man, it'd be mean. And I'm a good singer, too. Man, I'm telling you. It is a noise. But. <laughs> but. There's, there's a protocol. You know, when the wind's blowing and you're in a boat, what do you got to do? You got to get your sail up. I mean, without a sail, it can be moved a little bit. But with a sail, you can cruise. 
Let's, once the, the miracles start happening, you know, the miracles, why does God even do miracles? You know, is it, he, he's kind of just showing you how powerful he really is, right? And, you know, Paul said, um, you know, I boast in my weakness because I know then it's all God. And there are times when a miracle, it's, it has nothing to do with you. It's just all God. Uh, as we were studying, we were thinking of times in our own life when it was just all God and miracles that he did. And one of them was um, both of our, our beautiful daughters dealt with something called dyslexia. And they actually had it pretty severe. And so therefore, what would normally take somebody, you know, this amount of time would take my daughters this amount of time. And they were highly involved in a lot of extracurricular activities here at church and at their school. So we were a very, very busy family. In fact, we spent hours at the kitchen table helping our daughters. My husband would help with the math because that's not my thing. And then I would help with the English because that's not his thing. We spent hours going over English and math and helping them in the dyslexia days. And then um, as they got into high school, uh, we were told that in order for them to go to college, they probably needed to be, you know, officially tested again so that they could have some documentation for accommodations, accommodations of extra time because everything took them more time. And uh, so anyway, my oldest daughter, we took her for the first time. We got her tested. She was a senior in high school. And she was going so that she could get extra time when she was in college. And I'll never forget this story because it was when God showed off. So I went to go meet with the, it was a psychologist who tested her. I went to meet with the psychologist after the testing. And he said, I cannot explain your daughter. And I said, okay, what does that mean? He said, well... You're, you're both telling me that she is a straight-A student. You're both telling me that she is the cheer captain. You're both telling me she's the yearbook editor. You're both telling me that she's involved in a whole lot of stuff at your church. When I tested her, she's one of the lowest scoring tests of uh, and severe dyslexia that I have seen. And what you're telling me does not match the test and he said I don't know about the other but all I can tell you is you should not allow your daughter to dive into a full-time university she will fail what you need to think about is just do maybe two classes at the most at a community college and maybe she can just slowly get her degree that was a rough night when we came, when I came home, I had to, I mean, my daughter was waiting for the report. And uh, actually, Tim Rogers, who's coming for the, with his wife for the women's retreat, was in our home when, that night. And I privately told my daughter what was going on. But my daughter exited her bedroom and wanted to go for her dad. And she literally fell in his arms, sobbing in the kitchen. And Pastor Tim Rogers is in the living room observing 
we have an issue going on right now in this home. And the Holy Spirit led him to come up behind Vanessa and prophesy over her. And he said, what you have been told is not the truth. It is a man's word over you. It is not God's word over you. God does not say this over you. This is a man, although he has a doctor behind him, it is a man's word, and it's not God's word. And you will succeed in college. You will succeed at what you put your hand to. Miracles. We know this was a miracle of God in our home because not only did she go to college, a university, and she not only went full-time, but she took a job on also. While she's going to school, she worked through school, and she went to full-time school, and she also got straight A's. She got her B.A. Yeah. Give God glory. Not only did she get her B.A., but in June, she's about ready to get her master's. And she's also a straight-A student getting her master's. My daughter recently just told me, she said, Mom, I want the address of that psychologist. I mean, I'm dead serious. She Googled it. She's like, I'm writing him a letter when I get my master's. And I'm letting him know that God still does miracles. No matter what your report said, my God. My God. Now, that's, that's one form of a miracle. I don't know what your miracle is you need. Where it's humanly impossible. But God. So we need to have our sails up. We need to awaken revival in our life. We need to be positioned where revival can happen. And the fact is, you don't know what miracle you might need tomorrow. We just got to be ready because your life and your miracles are a testimony that God is real. He is alive. He sees what you're going through, and he will make a way. The world needs a mighty God, and he'll show off through you. Amen? Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are a good God. You love your people. You love, 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 love. The Bible says that you are a performer, which means you like to show off. But, Father, you need people who will be open and available for you to do great and mighty things. You told the disciples to go out and do. And as they did, signs and wonders followed them as they went and as they did. You're still looking for people who will go out and do. So signs and wonders will follow. So, Father, we are believing you this year. There's an awakening. There's a revival. Father, people are going to come to Jesus in, in a, a greater way than what we've seen. So, Father, we want to be your people. We want to have be open. We want to participate with the now of you. What you're doing now, today.
So, Father, we want to awaken a revival in us and in our sphere of influence. However, you might be here this morning and Jesus is not the Lord of your life. You have not surrendered. You don't know what born again means or have experienced. But today that can all change. Or you've walked away from the Lord and you need to get reconnected. We just want to give you an opportunity. We want you to pray a prayer right where you're standing. And if you'll just participate with something so simple, something so easy, that if you'll believe and confess you will be born again, and you'll begin this new life in Christ. Here we go. I'm going to count to three. On three, you've got to participate. You've got to raise your hand. One, God's been waiting. He's still waiting. Don't make him wait any longer. Two, don't let guilt, shame, or inferior, or embarrassment keep you from God's best. Three, raise your hand. Respond. Yes, amen. Praise God. Yes, yes. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see five hands right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Would you, as a church and those watching, repeat this prayer with me? Those of you watching, I have something for you. You're listening to this and you're like, I, I need a miracle. God wants to meet you. He wants to blow in the wind of the Holy Spirit in your life. But it's time for you to get right with God. It's time for you to get your sails up. So you need to repeat this prayer too. And then it is time for you to really dig in deep to knowing God. Here we go, church. Say, dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. I thank you. I thank you. For the blood of Jesus. For the blood of Jesus. That forgives me. That forgives me. From all. From all. My sin. My sin. Where I've fallen short. Where I've fallen short. Of God's best. God's best. And I ask today. I ask today. That you would be. That you would be. Lord and Savior. Lord and completely Savior. Completely in charge. Completely in charge. I give it all to you. I give it all to you. And I thank you. And I thank you. For your precious blood. For your precious blood. It was shed for me. It was shed for me. I thank you. I thank that you. Today, that today, the old is in the past. Old is in the past. And all, and all has, become new has become new in you. In you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus Come on, name. rejoice. Say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm new. I'm new. I'm forgiven. Forgiven. I'm cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Believers all over this room and watching me. Are you ready? Are your sails up? Are you digging in deep, ready for what God has? Come on, wake up revival. Be ready when the wind blows in. You're already ready. Your miracle that you need, you're already ready. You're ready. You're ready. Come on, believers, lift your hands towards heaven. Father, I thank you for many individuals watching and in this in this house today we're saying god i want to be ready when that wind blows in i want to be ready for everything you have for me ready as a church ready as an individual god we want to be ready we thank you father in jesus name jesus name i've asked the band to sing a song that really goes with this we're going to dismiss on a song that talks about some dry bones being raised to life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Tom. Oh, hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, I thank you that we put our sails up, that we get in position. Holy Spirit, I thank you for rushing through here like a mighty wind, sweeping over people's hearts, that you are taking those ambers and, Lord, breathing on them the Holy Ghost fire on the inside. Some of you have drawn back because of guilt and shame in the past. And Jesus is saying, I already took care of that. Receive my forgiveness. Be washed in my blood. The Father is running to you right now. If you would simply come and meet Him. Others have had one foot in and one foot out. You're not going to get by on that anymore. It's time to make a decision and say, I'm going to put both feet in. And I'm going to get my sails up. And I'm going to be smack dab in the center of what God is doing in the earth today. If you want to be used of God, you got to put both feet in. I challenge you to be sold out for Jesus. Lay down those idols. Lay down those distractions. And put the first thing first. Jesus, let him sit on the throne of your heart. Father, we thank you. We lift up our hands in agreement that we're putting both feet in. We're going all out. We're putting our sails up. And Lord Jesus, we say have your way in us, to us, and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, God bless you guys. What an awesome week we've had. And I just encourage you throughout this week, keep your sails up. Be in position to be used of God. Be his hands and feet. God bless you. You guys are dismissed.